All right, folks, welcome to the Voice and Pen podcast here. We are here today with Trent Harrison, and he is a venue owner as well as a studio owner in Wilmington, North Carolina. We're excited to talk to you. Thank you for being on the show today, Trent. We're looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the music scene here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. It's our first year. We're really thrilled that you're here. And so I think let's start here. Give us a little background about how you got into music, music production, and how you got to Wilmington as okay. well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess it kind of, my journey in music kind of started like late middle school, early high school mm-hmm. um, is when I first started picking up instruments. Um, I pretty quickly gravitated towards the bass. Um, it was kind of out of a need. I uh, just my group of friends at the time uh, they were playing, and bass was the only instrument that wasn't taken at that moment. <laughs> and so there was a drummer and a guitar player and singer and so on and so forth. And they're like, "We need a bass player." I'm like, "Okay, all right." It's a familiar I'll, I'll story go, for go bass for players, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> you know, you know, I was playing a little guitar, but it was just like, sure, bass. Why not? I yeah. wasn't too invested in that at at the time, so. Uh, yeah, picked up the bass and, um, production happened pretty soon after that. I mean, I, I took to the bass quickly, played all the time, like hours a day in high school, and then would have band practice with my friends weekly and we would play out and, uh, it was a lot of fun. I just loved it. And then time came, we were like, Hey, we should record some of these songs that we got, you know? And, uh, we one of the other members of the band had like an old um like Tascam four track recorder mm-hmm. and a uh, classic story and uh basically we just recorded ourselves at, at our band practice spot and I got really into it with the guy who was the guitar player at the time um and it was like the two of us were kind of heading up the production end of our record and uh I don't know. I just kind of really fell in love with it. And then it was like at the same time I was starting to think like I was a junior in high school. So I was starting to think about college, you know, career decisions and what I wanted to do with my life and career. And um, it was very clear that music was the really the only thing I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I looked around for ways that I could make that. I mean, I was mostly playing at that time. I was more experienced with that. But, you know, I realized pretty early on, I was like, I probably would have a better go at a career if I took the technical route than uh, (laughs) if I tried to be a musician. And uh, uh, so I did. And I found uh, Guilford Tech in um, High Point, North Carolina. And they have Entertainment Technologies Program. They have recording engineering, live sound, artist management, and some performance as well. And you kind of dabble in all of that whenever you uh, uh, pursue any of the degrees there. And so I majored in recording engineering. And um, <clears throat> let's see, once I, I started, kind of continued to dabble in recording throughout that whole, as I would learn more, I would practice on my own music and my band's music at the time, and then eventually got to friends' band's music and stuff like that, and uh, had a little rehearsal space in High Point. And I uh, started using that as like the first hourglass studio. It's kind of it's kind of like, kind of like having a truck when you're helping your friends move. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know you've been doing this yourself. You figure it out. You got good muscles. You got a nice truck. And uh, the next thing you know, your phone's ringing because everybody wants you 
to help them move their refrigerator. That's pretty much how it went. Okay. That's okay. pretty much how it went. We shared the rehearsal space with another band. And so as soon as I started to like amass a, a little bit of recording equipment, they're like, hey, want to record us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, sure, let's do it. Nice. It'll be good, good fun and practice. And so, um, you know, several years up there, finished that degree, and then knew at that point, like, I wanted, recording was what I wanted to do. And uh, during that time, part of the degree was that we, uh, there was an internship that was part of it that you had to do, like, your your senior year or final semester or whatever. And uh, it was very difficult to get an internship at another studio. There was several studios in the area, still are, of course, um, and I reached out to probably four or five different studios and didn't even get any response. No callback. No, nothing. no Just callback, no email. Into the ether. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't physically, you know, go over there, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, hmm, this is really tough. And so I talked to my professors, and they're like, yeah, we know. We deal with this pretty much every semester. You know, all of our students have a hard time with this. So if you can find a internship in live sound at a venue or something like that, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Even though you're a recording major, go work at a venue, do some live sound. We'll count that because we know that this is a difficult thing. And so that was a good thing, honestly, because it basically showed me very early on that, like, if I wanted to do this, I was probably going to have to start my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of already was doing that, but, you know, I was like, nah, nah, you know, I need to just go get a job at a studio and then work for however many years, and then maybe I'll do my, my own thing. And so at that point, <clears throat> I was like, well, if I'm going to start my own studio, then uh, I probably need some more business, like, sense. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start my own business. So I should learn how to do that. <laughs> I should probably learn more about business because um, all I knew about was music at that point. And, uh, and so that's what got me to Wilmington. Um, I applied to UNCW's uh, business school, and they have an entrepreneurship degree in business development. I was like, well, that's perfect. You know, yeah. that's exactly what I need. And so moved down here, went to UNCW, finished that degree, and then put the two together and started Hourglass Studios. So when did Hourglass officially open? Here so in Wilmington, I in, guess. Yeah. Here in Wilmington is pretty much 2010. It was okay. like the official opening right. date-ish year. And you're on your third location now? My third and final <laughs> location yeah. when you build it yeah <laughs> you generally don't want to move you stay there that's right the forever home the where forever did you uh, yes. come up with the name okay um so during the time when i was still in high point early on when i was kind of like trying to do my thing i needed of course to think of a name i was back home at my mom's helping her clean out her attic one day and i stumbled across this old vintage like wooden hourglass and it's at the studio uh now oh at the studio not at not at the club no okay uh there is one at the well, club I saw, I but it's one. not that one <laughs> i noticed the one at the club last night on the ledge over by the mixing board and i was like man that looks really cool that looks like the <laughs> ultimate way to tell your singer songwriter open mic <laughs> You have three minutes. <laughs> You're done. That's right. That's and right. it's as objective as it can be. Yeah. It was beautiful. Watch the sand. Yep. <laughs> so I found that, and uh, it just kind of came to me like that. I was, it was my grandfather's, and he was an entrepreneur and started his own business. And uh, he had passed, like, 
pretty recently before that. And so I was kind of really connected to that and decided to name it after that. You know, that somehow reminds me, not somehow, but specifically reminds me of the song that Emily has written called Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you heard that song? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard a lot of our work. I have. I yeah. have. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I love that. I I mean, obviously, since like mine, was, my, the song's about a piece of furniture from my grandfather. So yeah. I, it's very sentimental. It's good to have a name that reminds you of your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's pretty much where it came from. And cool. I still have it. It's in the studio. I love awesome. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've worked with a real wide variety of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that because I was one that walked into your studio having never been in a studio before. Yeah. Uh, in the original location, the first one, up yep. in like uh, near, um, what's the name of that neighborhood? Up there? Um, North, North Chase. Chase. Yeah, yeah, near North, North Chase, Chase and, and right. recorded there. And then you've also done work with Weird Al Yankovic and <laughs> yeah. with uh, Lucas Nelson, Promise with a Real. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recorded them, but they rehearsed in your space. Correct, but, yeah. You know, so you get this vast exposure to musicians with different skill sets and with different levels of experience. So what's what's that like for you as a recording engineer? Yeah, um, I love it. I mean, it's great. I, I like working with um, young, fresh artists that are just kind of getting started no matter what age they are. Um, and then, of course, love working with seasoned players as well. Um, I feel like it's nice working with a younger artist because I can really help them a lot mm-hmm. and to like further their song development. Can vouch for this. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, a, that's a good feeling and teach them a lot about production and like how, you know, recording is different than playing live and rehearsing with their band or, or on their own and the things that they need to do to prepare for that. Um, and then working with the seasoned players is always great. Um, you know, I learn from them, you know, as well. Sure. So um, it's, it's good. I like both. So what, so from your perspective, what does someone need to do to be prepared when they walk into your, their, your studio? What does that mean? Like if you're tuned, you know, you, be yeah, tuned. Tune. <laughs> <laughs> tune your guitar. Tuning number one. Yes. Be yes. tuned. Maybe know your material, but like, what are some tricks and tips that you would give people yeah. at this point, like to help out? You know, that's part of what we want to do through this podcast is, is bring ideas and education to folks in addition to general knowledge about the music industry and the music business here in Wilmington. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the number one thing, and it should come as no surprise, is practice, 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 practice. Like you want to be so well prepared, like you've basically beat your songs to death. Um, Play until you hate it. Play (laughs) until you hate it, just about. I mean, you want to not even have to think about anything about your song Mm -hmm. before you record it, really. Um, And, you know, of course, you want your guitar to be in tune, but we, we (laughs) we could work on that when you get there, you know. Uh, fresh strings on your guitar is good, but not too fresh. Like I usually, yeah, pre-stretched. I usually don't suggest changing it the night before and then walking in and cause they're going to get a little out of whack. Like have them on for like a couple days mm-hmm. and play your normal amount and it'll probably be good. Um, rest if you're going to be singing is mm-hmm. very important. You know, maybe don't go out drinking the night before. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Stuff like that. Um, if you are, this is a weird one, if you are a smoker, don't quit smoking. Mm. Thinking that, well, I probably shouldn't be smoking because I don't want to, you know, my voice to be all 
It's worse, actually. You just need to continue on with your regular routine. I need to book, I need to book a lot more time with you. <laughs> You're enabling TK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this works yeah. for me. I like that. I think, I think uh, practicing with a click track is yeah. important. For, for me, it I'm is. not like playing with the click was really, is really hard for me. So, yeah. Like, I know when I've recorded with you, just having to turn that click off and try it with it and then try it multiple times mm -hmm. without it mm -hmm. and then having to play without hearing like the, the lyrics too yeah. mm -hmm. is challenging for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I think playing with a click or at least attempting that is a good. I think that's technique. the most important thing, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot about timing unless we're doing a live session where we're not using the click. Mm hmm then right. you're going to need to be with it. With mm -hmm. all of your songs, you need to have all your BPMs figured out ahead of time, beats per minute, the tempo, mm -hmm. um, and, of course, all your keys and all that stuff, too. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the first the first recording session I did with you, I did with no click track, you know, mm -hmm. and so it creates, like, learning to do that is so important because it creates a whole other set of issues if you don't learn to do that. You know, right. so if you're recording everything at once because your challenge with the click track like I was, and you have all the bleed between your vocal mic yep. and your guitar mics. And it's, you know, plus, you know, the, the sitting there with two mics on the guitar and the vocal mic all at the same time. It's, <laughs> yeah. be, it's like a little awkward. You get sore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stay so, steady to keep it consistent. Yes. Yeah. yeah don't move. Freeze. Right. 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 Oh man. Yeah. So you've been, um, you know, from my perspective, super <laughs> instrumental in the development or furthering of the songwriter scene in Wilmington. Kind of going back to the Goat and Compass open mic, you know, where you were for a long time giving away 32 hours of recording time a year. Uh, yeah. You did that for several years. So yeah. um, what do you see happening currently and how has the music scene changed in Wilmington since you got here? Mm, man. That's I, a big question. That is a big, <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> 37 uh, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Talk fast. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much, I moved here in 2009. And um, it's, I feel like the music scene has changed a lot since that amount of time. I mean, you know, 12, 13 years or whatever it is. Um and 14 14 years. <laughs> what year what year is it 2023 20, right. <laughs> here we are it's a good thing you're good at recording and not building the nasa spacecraft oh yeah, yeah. Not, be in trouble. yeah probably would have thought more about that if that was the case <laughs> after the break yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean i i the way I've seen it, I feel like is it's kind of comes and goes in waves, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like a cyclical kind of thing, um, where there's artists, like, it's just like it builds up and then there's a ton of artists that are playing a lot out and there's shows to go to all the time, you know, everywhere. And then we kind of go through like a, a trough sometimes where there's not as many artists playing out and um you know maybe there's not as many venues to play in i know we you know as you guys have seen over the years we've had some closures and so on and so forth and um and and they're they're a big part of the music scene as well um and so uh, you know i think when, what made me 
set up shop here and stay is how vibrant the music scene is. And I still always feel that way. And it kind of hurts my heart sometimes when I get on social media and they're like, man, there's no, there's no place to play and no one's playing me. Like this, the music scene is so like dismal here in Wilmington. I'm like, where are you looking? <laughs> what like, universe yeah, do you what live in? Yeah. <laughs> recently. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, that's, I, not, that's not true. Are you out there? Like, right. are you out there, like, checking yes, it out? And where did you move here from? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right. You come, oh, you Nashville? came from Nashville. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a little smaller. We're on our way. Yeah. <laughs> We're going on. Yeah, yeah. And stop going to clubs where you have to pay so much money just to park your car. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Right? Because all those clubs in the downtown area that do the... And you're paying... I think we're at three fifty an hour now on weekends or something. It did go up recently, yeah. So mm-hmm. have fun with that, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us are going to be at the, you know, where the music, where the, you know, we're going to be at Voice and Pen performances where the parking is free. It's a single level place. All the material is original. You get to meet them, talk to them. and Yeah, absolutely. And stuff like that. And like you said, the open mic. I mean, we ran that for five years. And I mean, that was great. That was great for the studio. I think it was great for the music community. I met a lot of people. You know, we started working together, mm-hmm. CB. Yep. You know, it's uh, it was it's just a good community building thing. And now there's tons of open mics, which is <laughs> oh, yeah. which is uh, also great. But, I saw um, there's another one now. Really? Just yeah. starting tonight or started last night at Pallet. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> Pallet's getting in the open mic game. Right down the street. Who knew? Yeah, you, know? so you can go from the goat, and then you can go to Bottega, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. can go yeah. to Pallet. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the goat is no more. You know, sadly, yeah. the goat is no more. But, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I think that was a little bit inevitable. Um, and it's it's going to be like a Bambi walk. So the, so the notorious <laughs> Bambi walk in Louisville, Kentucky, is, is a tradition with the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, where there's a Bartstown Road has like 50 bars on it. And the Bambi walk is you start at one end of Bartstown Road and you drink at each bar walking all the way down. So you could do that with an acoustic guitar and just literally Bambi walk <laughs> open mics. Yeah. Pretty close to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to work it out, and if we get together with the guys with the bicycle cab, right? Where they're oh, all right, music, yeah. then you could do like little trolley tours with your acoustic and do open mics along the way. Or... Yeah, that's a good. You get a trailer, you know, you get, like during COVID. Yeah. There, like I remember seeing some some Wilmington musicians like Stuart Curran and a couple other guys that were in trailers behind vehicles in Carolina Beach doing like a mobile concert. Yeah, Yeah, so, you know, we could rickshaw it around, like in a little rickshaw with a trailer and have like an acoustic guitar player and singer or duo in the Mm -hmm. back. You know, if you get the gearing properly set, you know, so, you you know, it would be easy for the rickshaw driver. Right. But if you don't have the right gearing, uh, (laughs) depending on who, if I'm in the trailer, not good for the bicycle rider. <laughs> right. Right, right. I feel like that was a brief discussion to do with Voice in the Pen here, like pop up. Yeah. Know, and then say, like, this is, we do this at Live at Ted's the first mm-hmm. Wednesday of every month. And, mm-hmm. like, you see us here, but you wouldn't have known about us unless you saw us, like, downtown on our our truck. Or our... <laughs> on the trailer? Yes. Yeah, and the yeah, bicycle yeah. thing, by the way, everybody on the bicycle is pedaling. It's not just one person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Oh, I want I want the one person rickshaw with the trailer. That's yeah. uh, we got we got different visions. We have to work this out. It's gonna be a really fit guy, <laughs> really fit have, human yeah. being. Yeah. You're gonna have Lou Ferrigno on leg day. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the plan. That's, That's the plan. <laughs> so I'm curious because when I first moved here, I was in 2012, and um, mm. 
live at Ted's was Ted's Fun on the River. Yeah. And so I know, and I knew about Hourglass Studios before you guys took that over. So how did that kind of, like, how did you decide that you wanted to take over that venue and, and yeah. keep it going? Yeah, good question. Okay. Um, so we, yeah, Ted's Fun on the River was ran by the Jewel family, mm-hmm. Kelly and Julia. And Big music family in Wilmington. Like, there, if you're yes. listening for the first time and don't know much about Wilmington music history, Check out the Jewel family. There's a poster from one of Roy Orbison's shows <laughs> in Live at Ted's yeah. where Kelly Jewel sang, uh, I think, opened maybe uh, wow. for Roy Orbison wow. back in the day. I Something hate to like spoil that. it. Oh, it's no. Not real. It's not real. <laughs> we'll edit this out that. later. If you, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you did the math on that, I think he would have been five years old. I don't Whatever know Kelly that, that well, or well, Roy, for Roy, that matter. <laughs> the age of Roy would give it away right there. But anyway, it is cool. But yes, they are. They are. I mean, the the Jewel, the Jewel Brothers, uh, No Dollar Shoes, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Port City Trio is the group that Kelly and Julia play with. Okay. And um, yeah, so we, um, uh, artists that I was working with in the studio actually turned me on to Ted's initially. They were, it was Stray Local actually was playing their first oh. show there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that probably was around 2013 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so they told me about this place. They're like, have you ever heard of Ted's on the River? I'm like, no, not, what is that? <laughs> and they're like, well, it's a little different. It's... Um, <laughs> It's a listening room. I'm like, okay, what, what does that entail? And uh, they're basically like, so everyone goes there and they're there for the show. They're uh, they're focused on the music and they're listening to the performance and they're not like talking and uh, you know it's not they're a rowdy hammered right it's not a rowdy bar crowd like they're like they don't have liquor they do have beer and wine so you can you know kind of enjoy yourself, but it's not the rowdy bar scene. I was like, wow, that's a novel idea. Right. <laughs> People are listening to your music? And what? Yeah. I thought it was background. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And your equipment will last a lot longer. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And uh, and so I went down there to check them out. Me and Whitney went, and uh, um, when you walked in initially, there was a convenience store. And so they they were kind of doing this hodgepodge thing. So you walked in the door, and then there was, like, all your convenience store type things, like ramen noodles and chips and, like, ice cream and sodas and (laughs) and everything. Because they were—the original idea, after talking to Kelly about it, was they're right down there on the river, and the boat ramp is right there. So he thought that, like, he could sell all that stuff to the boaters. Like they would stop on the corner right there, grab their supplies, and then fill up their coolers and go out for their boat venture for the day. And uh, I'm sure some of that stuff did happen a little bit, but he found out quickly that it was not, it just didn't happen. They either they already had everything before they got there, or they just didn't know Ted's was even there. And uh, it didn't, just. Didn't they also rent <clears throat> kayaks for yes. a while? Yes. I thought that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> yes, they did everything. Also, right there by the river, they they, uh, they rented yeah, in case kayaks. You left your kayak at home. We right. had a couple for you in the backyard. Right, right, and I'm I'm sure that was a touristy kind of thing. They're trying to trying to rent to tourists. Um, I'm not sure how well that was at all. But when I talked to Kelly about it, he was like, "Music was the only thing that really kept this place going." He was like, "Because they were musicians, like we just said." And they wanted to have a place to play. And so the other half of Ted's was 
the stage is where it is now and they had seating like we do now. Um, but there was that dividing wall right there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, so what happened was after going there over the years, um, and we live pretty close by, we're only like two blocks away. So we would go down, down there every, every so often. And then we saw at the end of 2018 that they were thinking about closing and, at that point in time, the studio was doing really well. I was full-time, consistently busy, booked out for months, all year round, pretty much. And uh, I was like, you know, I wonder if there's a way to expand the empire or whatever, you know, expand <laughs> expand the business. And, uh, and, At least uh, you're honest. I appreciate that. And, and get, into, get into something else that's music-related, which is the only thing I really cared about. Right. You know, um, and I really, we really liked the concept of TEDs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the listening room thing was very unique and to have it go away was sad. Mm -hmm. um, and then also several other venues that same year, like the Whiskey and the Calico Room closed. Mm -hmm. So then I also saw that there was not very many music venues in town. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, okay, well, maybe we can actually have a go at this. And we kind of have a little competitive advantage right now so maybe this is a good move here um and then i was also thinking well you know i can run the sound whitney has bar experience she used to work at the real cafe for like six or seven years God um, bless her. yeah I know. <laughs> yeah she feels the same way <laughs> and uh but yeah so we had the skill set and we had um prior to that we'd booked um I booked uh, festivals and or small daytime things like before. So we had experience booking with bands. And of course, you know, I've scheduled the studio and very similar and all that. And so we had the whole skill set and everything. And so we basically, we saw they were closing. We reached out. We were like, we're interested in this place and we want to keep it going. And they said, they're like, that's what we're looking for. We don't want Ted's to die, but we're going to sell it either way. Mm -hmm. If it has to go and turn into something else, we need to sell it. We're ready to retire. Mm -hmm. um, but preferably, we'd like to keep it going. And so I'm like, well, well, we'll basically promise to keep it going and buy the business from you. And so they agreed, and we worked it out. And then we did a little remodeling and took out that wall and opened it up and made more room for seating. And that's how Live at Ted's was And gave it quite a tech born. upgrade, too. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Major tech upgrade. Pretty important. Well, that's, it makes me think about the music scene here because, you know, with your work at the studio and also with your work at Lab at Ted's, you have this exposure not just to local songwriters and musicians, but also regional and even national acts that come through and play there. Yeah. So, you know, with that experience in mind, you know, what are you – seeing and hearing from people outside of Wilmington about the music scene here in Wilmington. So when you have touring acts or someone coming through that plays Ted's, what's their general response to what they see and hear and learn about Wilmington? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, we, we do a good mixture, like you said, and I would say the people that come through that either haven't been to Wilmington in a long time or maybe never been to Wilmington before, they love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how much, Outside of Ted's, they ventured out while they were in town, but uh, they were like, man, this is fantastic. Like, we love that you guys got this going on. It's a place for us to, it's a listening room. We try to play those as often as we can whenever we can find one. And, you know, 
must have a really good music scene around here. And then I usually start talking to them and I try to tell them about other places to play in Wilmington. And, you know, if they ever want to come back, you should check this place out and so on and so forth. Yeah. Cool. That's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. Um, have you been able to record anybody that's come through that you met as a result of, of Lab at Ted specifically that was like somebody that came through and then that's crossed over into doing some recording work with you at Hourglass? Yeah. So not yet, but I have two projects that are kind of in the works nice. right now, uh, kind of in the pipeline, so to speak, that we met solely through Ted's. Mm-hmm. Um it's a Will Overman band from Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. They've played at TED several times now, and I've been telling them about the studio, and they're looking to do some recording, and they thought it'd be nice to get out of Charlottesville to do it, mm-hmm. and they love playing at TED, so they're like, hey, maybe we can make this a thing and do both. Um, and then the same thing goes from a duo, uh, Mark and Ray Ann, um, from Massachusetts mm-hmm. that are kind of looking to do the same thing. They're like, we... We record like 30, 45 minutes away from where we live most of the time, but they're like, we really kind of want to get out somewhere else and just totally focus on that. Clear heads, not be distracted by our normal day-to-day lives and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so got those two kind of in the works. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So I don't know if you are familiar with this, and I probably at some point should use my Google box phone thing and like look this up, but I've heard that there was an article written in Rolling Stone about Wilmington, and it was a long time ago. It was um, before Ice House closed. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so it was like maybe early to mid-'90s, mm-hmm. and there was, uh, as rumor goes, or at least as I remember the rumor, there was a reference that Wilmington might become like the next East Coast Seattle sort of. Cool. Not necessarily the the genre, not the grunge you know, genre, but – just in terms of like a music city, hotbed. hotbed, hotbed of music. And then yeah. the ice house closed. And then like, you know, that's, that's the other part of the rumor is that once that yeah. happened, that was one of those big ebbs mm. in mm. the, um, in the scene here where yeah. it's like people weren't playing, they weren't performing yeah. as much, you know, COVID similar, but yeah. it wasn't the actual loss of a building. <clears throat> right. Have you, have you heard of that? Have you heard that story before or aware of it or anything? I'm not. I think we've talked about that maybe I think once we have before actually, yeah, in the yeah. past, but I had not heard that outside, but. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, I, I mean, I feel, I mean, I'm very passionate about Wilmington's music scene, and I hope that one day it could be recognized you know, outside of people that know, you know. I think it's yeah. coming. I mean, to speak, like, directly and specifically to that, this goes to your involvement in the scene here uh, in current day. You know, when the Goat and Compass open mic started in its original format, it was one of three open mics in Wilmington. One mm-hmm. was the Grinders Cafe, kind of the college open mic. Yep. yep one yep. was uh, the one that I ran at um, a variety of different places up in Ogden. So mm-hmm. Locals Tavern and then uh, Tavern 14 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the Goat and Compass open mic. And it was like the same crowd of musicians really going around from place to place. There's right. four to eight of us, like Jim Ashley, Dave Wallen, um, me, Dennis Brenson, Eric Miller, and... You know, I was going there, and I would show up to that open mic, and they'd be like, "You, we gig. You don't gig. You, you know, there's nobody here. Just play." You know, and yeah, then yeah. started hearing the ads on the radio and the partnership with Hourglass. And I specifically remember a night is the first night I walked in that it was busy, yeah. packed. Yeah. And so, through the front door of the Goat and Compass, in walks Rebecca Todd, mm-hmm. followed by Wes Sayer and Monica Jane Holsher, mm-hmm. followed by JB Boxer, who, if you don't know him, you should, I mean, you, I think you know JB, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's an amazing songwriter from, yeah. from Raleigh. 
uh, followed by striking copper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was like, what just happened? <laughs> Heavy hitting night. Heavy yeah. hitting night. I yeah. mean, yeah, it was. Where did you park all the limos? Yeah, <laughs> they weren't driving limos then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it was like an up close and personal show, yeah. standing right on the rail when you walk in and listening yeah. to these musicians. And you know, Rebecca Todd, of course, is in the in the midst of blowing up right now. Like right. she's in the middle of of heaven. I remember seeing her at Hourglass, too, and being like, who's that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow, she can, holy smoke, she can sing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, thank you for the the foresight that you've had to, I don't know, have that real positive contribution to the music scene here. Like, I think that there are a lot of us that wouldn't be where we are today doing what we're doing on whatever level that is without your insight and influence and input. So we're grateful you coming here and picking Wilmington. Well, <laughs> I don't know how you picked Wilmington, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I'd be remiss as far as the open mic goes without, you know, talk about Eric because mm. I feel like he, it, it was like that was his thing, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were partners and collaborated and developed it, but Eric was the face, he was the host. And I mean, he made everyone feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. at that open mic. And so cheers to him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was looking through some photos on my computer the other day, like through my iPhoto thing. And I found two or three videos and it's the first open mic I ever played. And he sat in with me and there are videos of me and Eric Miller on stage. It's the only time he and I played music together in a public setting ever. And really the only time (laughs) we played music together. He's not, doesn't jam out too much with anybody, really, right. but Alex. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. But uh, he's definitely somebody that we want to have on the on the show for sure. Yeah. That would be yeah, that would should. be super cool to get him in here and hear his perspective as well. Absolutely. You got any like wildly uh, interesting or important or touching whatever you know other adjectives stories from from the recording studio? Any super impactful things that have happened with you and artists working in the studio together? Wow. Okay. Hmm. That just came to me on the spot. Yeah. Sorry, it didn't make it into the pre-written yeah. list. It's very unscripted. We That's can edit okay. some of this yeah. out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to dig deep a little bit. Um, man, it's hard to think of something very specific uh, with a specific artist, but it's a it's a really cool job. I mean, I I get to work with artists on a very personal and connective level. And they're sharing their, you know, deepest feelings and thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a front row seat on that. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've definitely had many, you know, conversations that have kind of e- ended in teary, you know, moments mm-hmm. um, about songs that they've written and how, like, it's just amazing that they're able to convey those emotions that way. Yeah. And, uh, and that I think that, you know, if anyone were to hear that, they would hear their feelings, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's cool in that regard. And, you know, I, I love that whenever someone brings a song that, like, what is a true story about themselves that really connects deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I get a lot of moments that way, which is nice. That's 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 really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to speaking to like you being able to like people are able to open up to you and it says mm-hmm. that like they're comfortable you know in that setting too i think yeah like you make people i think very comfortable like where they are and 
Uh, relax. Yeah. Record. Yes. <laughs> that's right. He that's means right. it, y'all. That's right. The yes. slogan. Yes. yes. That's it. I also think talking about like the music here and like growing our like industry here and mm. um being like a music town. Like we're Wilmy Wood. Yeah, yeah. You know, so why can't we film. be known as a music town as well as a film town? That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I think it's yeah. coming. I, I think mean, I think can, it's becoming know? really just a creative community. Like, we're, mm-hmm. there are a lot of artists that live here. There are a lot of musicians that live here. So, I mean, when I say mm-hmm. artists, I'll say specifically visual artists, people that paint, sculpt, do those sorts of that more classic sort of art. There are a lot yeah. of musicians that live here, a lot of filmmakers that live here. Yeah. Uh, how did you pick Wilmington? This yeah. has got me interested because yeah, I know yeah. you have a background in film. That's how yeah. we really yeah. met, um, other than one meeting, chance meeting at the Goat and Compass Open Mic. Yeah. <laughs> and Kukaloris. Yeah. That's basically. Um, I chose it because of the film, because um, similar to what you said earlier, was uh, when I went to school, when I was in high school, I was like, what do I want to do? I want to be a singer, but I need to have something to fall back on because, yeah. you know, the chances of like actually getting to a certain level mm-hmm. is like not to be like a downer about it, but like, you know, being realistic and kind of like, what mm-hmm. do I want to do is like get an audio video degree. And so that's what I did. Um, and I chose Wilmington because I knew Dawson's Creek was filmed here. Screen Gems was here. Yep. So I moved down to to get into film, but then also hit up the Grinders open mic and started mm-hmm. meeting as many musicians as I could. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's yeah. what brought me here. I mean, it's interesting though, you know, thinking about the conversation TK and I had this morning with John Landau. He's a filmmaker um, here in Wilmington mm-hmm. and he's also a musician, you know? Okay. And so he, uh, he um, did the opening night music for Kukaloris this year. He's a real heavy three piece tripodicus. They call themselves. Okay. They're, they're great, man. They're really good, but he nice. was, Similar, he's like, uh, yeah, I wanted to always be a musician, and I, you know, tried that for a little while, and then I realized I better find something else to do to support my, <laughs> right, <laughs> support the music, exactly. support yeah. my music, yeah. 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 you know. So I, I wish I had had that foresight. I'm like, I feel like, uh, in terms of formal training, I've got the least formal creative training of anybody in this room right now. <laughs> literally, hundred percent. I can tell you how to build a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never used it, and my technology knowledge is all really outdated. Twenty five years later, but you know, I can. Tell you the theory behind it, anyways. Well, I can't build a boat. So. <laughs> did you keep any of those kayaks, though? <laughs> no, we did not. Oh, come Dang on. It. No. Man, I was next. The next idea was a floating barge of music being Man. towed by a kayak. It's Lou Ferrigno's Upper Body Day. Hey, <laughs> might be onto something. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Wilmington Water Tours might have us on that one, though. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but all their material is copyright. It's they, not original. It's not who Wilmington Water Tours. Oh, the performances, the, like the the music. Well, certainly the music they play <clears throat> on the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. They do. I mean, they have play. Perform- they have performances. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, they oh do. yeah. I thought that boat sailed. In <laughs> <laughs> motors, that's for sure. I've never played that, but I definitely was on there one time. I had had a brief safety meeting with. Eric and Alex, and then they were like, oh, you need to come with us and just sit here in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I That's sat in the funny. corner and like, yeah. I'm on a boat. Yeah. And there's music and everybody's staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> this is no, wild. they're staring at the musicians. You're sitting next to them. Right, right, right. <laughs> a different gig. Yeah, you're sitting there and you're like, like, okay, there's Things someone like right yeah. here. And I'm like, okay. A little space. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sorry if it's loud. <laughs> Has anybody ever stolen your shoes at a gig? 
I was no. playing a gig at Shell Island with Johnny, and I had put on nice shoes to play in because it was a dirty, muddy parking lot, and my other shoes were with the empty guitar case. And this lady just decided to help herself and oh put my on gosh. my shoes and started dancing around while we were playing. Yeah. And in the <laughs> middle of this, she's like, whose shoes are these? <laughs> Johnny's like, well, they're yours now. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I, I didn't know if it ever got that I've had rowdy. someone try to steal the mic. Not mm, steal it, but mm-hmm. like, is this karaoke? Can I uh, sing? Oh, right. Can I sing on your microphone? Jump up oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Let me play one. I'm really no. good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, like, first or second paid gig I ever had, I made that mistake. You know? Mm. Yeah. You let somebody up there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I let somebody no. up. Oh, dude. Oh, rookie oh, year. Rookie yeah, year. I was at uh, Blue Surf Cafe. <laughs> Yeah, and I was getting paid forty bucks to play a two-hour set, but they fed me okay. and my three kids. Oh, <laughs> so oh, wow. it was like single up. dad shows up <laughs> yeah, with yeah. like Benny's hat up. Yeah, that adds up. <laughs> my little Fishman loud box and my tailor mm-hmm. and like stool and big book of music because I couldn't remember anything then. Like make the kids like sit and shh, shh, gotta play music now. Shh, you right, know, right. And I, I play my first 45-minute set and get done, and this guy comes up. He's like, I "Really like your music? I'm a guitar player too. I'm not gonna get up there and play." And I'm like. Uh, okay. okay so i go tell the manager i'm like so this guy's gonna play while i'm on break he's like that's fine but if he sucks your break is over <laughs> he gets he gets 30 seconds into the first song and the manager walks by he's like break's over yeah <laughs> get Whoa. back up there you go oh, figure wow. out how to get him on stage <laughs> that's right you made your bed <laughs> i was like oh, oh no. so i kind of creeped up by the stage i'm like i need my guitar back he's like your break's over. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and never the, again. Bye. And a good kitchen manager would have just given you the spatula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smack him with that. We'll leave it at spatula. Or, or spoon, depending on what culture you're from. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, ah, yeah. So uh, since we're editing on a lot of stuff out, what else should we be talking about? We That's good. Time to, yeah, good question. To brainstorm. I mean, we've, how long have we been recording, TK? Yeah. I lost my glasses. Oh, wait. Um, About 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. How long do you want them to be? Uh, not longer than an hour. Okay. You know, like I would say, I'd say we're targeting broken record length. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we have good a model. template and model for good this. Good model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we probably shouldn't put this well, out there, but I'm going to... Uh, uh, contact. What? Like, how, to get a how do we get a hold of Trent? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so oh. Trent, how do we get in touch with you? If, like, somebody wants to record or they want to try and get booked at Ted's or they want to buy tickets to come to Ted's, like, tell us Absolutely. how to get up with you. Okay, yeah, start with the studio. So if you're interested in recording, um, go to hourglassstudios.com, and I have a contact page, and you can send me a form submission, and then I will most likely respond with, a form of my own and ask you a handful of questions, not too many. And that kind of gets the process started. So I learn a little bit about you and uh, then we usually will set up a tour and you come in and check out the studio and we talk more and mm-hmm. then see how things go from there. Um, for Ted's, uh, sort of similar, um, you go to liveatteds.com and we have a booking page and it basically lays out everything that we're looking for. From the artist, um, videos, promotional materials, mm-hmm. pictures, all that stuff. Um, and then there's a contact page on there as well. And then you can hopefully send most of that stuff when you first contact. But if not, you know, just say something like, hey, we read the booking page and this is, we're prepared for all of this. This is kind of when we're hoping to book and mm-hmm. then go from there. 
So it, I, another question for you about the studio. <clears throat> I know that it's a Woodsong certified listening room. Oh, Is yeah. Is that tips. still a thing, you know? Because if the Roy Orbison thing I got wrong, but the Woodsong <laughs> listening, certified listening room, that's a thing. It is. Are there other Woodsong studios that you know of? So there is, for sure. Um, and we haven't checked in on that in a while. I'll be honest about that. But the criteria was that you had to be a true listening room, meaning that your show's people are actually engaged in listening, right? And you had to serve coffee. That was part <laughs> part of it. Interesting. Yeah. It's a throwback. Like the yeah, old yeah. coffee house. Days, yeah. Way you, back. You yeah. had to serve, serve coffee. And if you see on the sign, it says listening room and coffee house. Okay. And we do serve coffee. And you do have coffee. We yeah, do. I've noticed that. Yes, we do. Yeah. It's not elaborate, but we serve coffee. <laughs> so we qualify. Um, they, If you go to the woodsongs.org page, they have a list of all the other listening rooms or Woodsong certified uh, venues mm -hmm. on their page. And you can, you know. Interesting. I'd always been out. curious about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be a great tour yeah. to set up. Like, if you're an yeah. artist, like, I think that's my homework for today is yeah. to go research right, all the Woodsong yeah. certified listening rooms and tour. figure out, do a tour, yeah. do a Woodsong tour. Bluebird yeah. Cafe is the only other listening room I've ever been to. Mm. but um, The Mecca. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, really kind of like what inspired me to do Voice in the Pen. And then, of yeah. course, you know, you've. Ted's is a listening room, so it's really cool that we have one in Wilmington because there's, well, now I need to look up and see how many there are. But Right, right, <laughs> right, for sure. There's a handful in North Carolina. Uh, Wake County has one, and then I think there's one up in the mountains. But, um, yeah, they're rare. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for, for Trent Harrison? I mean, you're, you're recording, you're producing live shows. I think you got your own room. album coming out. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, that's taken a backseat over the years, man. I um, I don't play nearly as much as I used to. I've focused most of my time on helping other people with their music. Um, so, but what's next? I mean, I just kind of am getting settled into my new studio mm -hmm. location, the Forever Home, and uh, just gonna kind of ride that for a little while and really get comfortable there and just, you know, work on some new projects. Um, I've got several in the works and uh, yours is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta finish that thing. That's right, we do, we do. And, uh, and yeah, just get settled in and, and really explore everything that I can do in the new studio space. It's amazing. Thank I you. mean, thank you. I had a great experience working there. Like all my experiences working with you have been good, mm -hmm. uh, great, mm -hmm. but working in that space, like it's. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen wild. it. I've, I've oh only seen pictures, but it mm -hmm. looks it looks great. You Thank should you. get a I'm tour. To yeah. yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see I, it. Come on, I can, I can, yeah, I know who gets the tours. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know a guy. We'll I know make, a guy. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll make we it got happen. a guy for that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that I observe in the in the music scene here is that it would be cool to have i feel like we have a little bit of a venue gap yeah yeah there's a there's listening room lab at ted's and your capacity is like 50 60 people uh 70 70 technically technically but that does include the staff and the band yeah. so we really at max as far as audience members usually get around 62 people yeah. and that's there. packed that's in that packed. space like yeah, that's a tight. full house it's yeah tight yeah. you know so to have a venue that could comfortably seat a couple hundred people 
would be a nice bridge to, you know, yeah. get to either Brooklyn Arts, you know, or yeah. Greenfield or one of the larger, larger music venues in town. Yeah, I agree with that for yeah. sure. I've noticed the same thing. I wish there was something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting like now with um, with Live Oak Bank Pavilion, you know, we're starting yeah. to get like this whole other exposure to the Wilmington music scene, you know, so we yeah. have this existing songwriter scene. Now, all of a sudden, um, you know, people are coming from around the world, literally and around the country to come here widespread or like whoever is coming to Wilmington. That's a real national Dave Matthews, Dave Matthews band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting yeah. I love Dave Matthews band. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's interesting though, that, like Wilmington is becoming more and more known as a music town. And so, you know, like Bob Starnataro, who's a, yeah. a friend of ours, you know, and a musician here in town, he moved to Wilmington from Austin, Texas for the music scene. Really? Yes. I remember meeting Bob the wow. first night I met him, and I think it was at the Goat and Company. It was either at the Goat or he walked into my open mic and we're chatting, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm trying to remember his name and face and, and, you know, going through that struggle. And I'm like, well, where did you, you know, how long have you been in Wilmington? He's like, oh, I've been here for a couple months. Where'd you move from? Austin, Texas. Why'd you move to Wilmington? The music scene. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, because we all know about Austin. Yeah, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah. Austin City Limits comes to mind when I was a kid, right? Yeah, Yeah. yes, yes. Some great songwriters from Austin. Hayes Carroll. Yeah, a lot of lot of folks from down there. But it was interesting to me to hear that and think about like that concept overlaid with the idea that now there's a venue here that can seat thousands of people and bring in national level acts so there are going to be people that'll move to wilmington i think literally for the music scene even if they're not a musician not a songwriter they're coming because they love it right you know so maybe that gives us the the audience that we need to create a venue right that that would support it it, you know make money stay open for sure (laughs) the important thing about music venues is keeping the doors open (laughs) if you're gonna do it you want to do it for a while (laughs) yeah Yeah. you you know i mean you don't want to like put hundreds of thousands of dollars into something and have it closed in six months (laughs) yeah no covid yeah Yeah, that was a wild ride thankfully we survived (laughs) 